Hi, this is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by Pete Langus from Nerdio. So Pete is the Senior Director of Strategic Partnership and Distribution. That is a long title, and even though Nerdio is a tiny little company name. so Yes, it is a long title, and I actually I, I cut off the last part, which is our international partnerships, too. <laughs> so it's an even longer name. So. A jack of all trades, yes. So Yeah, so your name tag is like, like three lines on yeah, it. Exactly. Very cool. Well, welcome, sir. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, and then tell us a little bit about Nerdio. Sounds good. Uh, my background is, uh, I have to do some math in my head now, I guess uh, over 25 years in technology. So I started out uh, on the hardware side and then got into wireless before it was wireless and then got into cloud before it was cloud. So I've always been uh, a little bit ahead of the curve, I guess. Um, uh, various technology companies, I actually was one of the, the first people in the Chicago area that did uh, what we called at the time hosted PBX. So, you know, that's why I say I was doing cloud before I knew it was cloud. Um, so, so I have some pretty deep roots, you know, in cloud, both on the telephony side and then on the desktop side. That's kind of been where I've, I've spent the last uh, few years. Um, cool. I joined Nerdio three years ago, and, and part of my charter was to help uh, Nerdio pivot from being a direct seller of what they were doing into more of a, a channel seller. So um, that's been really my focus the last three years here with Nerdio and we're, a, um, we're uh, a company that started out as an MSP that has now morphed into more of a technology company where we've developed software that we use to help MSPs uh, build and grow their Azure practice. So we make it really easy to do deployments in Azure. Okay, and is it strictly Azure that's the only cloud you work with? Uh, so, so we had a private cloud offering. So we actually wrote our software to help us internally deploy workloads in our private cloud. And as we started becoming more of a channel player, we ran into all these partners that were saying, that's really cool what you guys have developed, but it would be a hundred times cooler if you could do it for Microsoft Azure because everyone's moving to the public cloud and we're a Microsoft partner and that, and that would be really cool if you could do that. So right now we're very focused on Azure. Um, we'll see how, how other clouds f fall into it as we go on, but right now the company's really laser focused on helping people build their Azure practice. Helping build an Azure practice. So uh, is the average MSP looking to build up basically hosted servers or are they looking at other projects in Azure? Uh, it's, it's all over the place. So uh, we, we look at very, um, there's really four specific use cases that we're focused on right now. You know, if you look at, um, I know this is a podcast, but I, I try to look at things uh, pictorially a lot. And so if you look at kind of the left side of a graph, um, that would be something very simple like moving uh, some storage into Azure or maybe working, uh, moving a line of business server. And then all the way on the other side of the graph would be uh, a complete lift and shift where you move not only servers, but your desktops into Azure and storage and everything else that goes along with that. And what we found, Carl, is that uh, MSPs are at different stages of where they're ready to move their customers right. at any time. So, you know, a lot of this is, is not... Um, not lift and shift, it kind of happens in pieces, right? So they might start with a server and then some storage and then eventually all the desktops move, but it's not often that it's a, a pure lift and shift. So kind of a long answer to a short question. But no, that's all right. Depends. So the um, MSPs, when they come to you, is it because they haven't figured out Azure or they haven't, they don't know what kind of architecting they need to do? You know, why, why do they contact you? 
Yeah, so there's, there's three reasons. Um, the, the first is that they have found Azure to be uh, unnecessarily complex. So they don't really know what to do with it. They don't know how to provision all the services and make them all work nicely together. The second reason people come to us is because there's a perceived um, pricing issue with if you have a, uh, a workload and you look at that and you want to deploy it on-prem versus doing it in Azure, there's a perception that it's going to cost more if you do it in Azure. The third reason is that there's, there's pricing variability. So once they get past the, the mental block of that you can actually do things in Azure for, for less cost maybe than on-prem, at least over time, um, they start looking at a consumption-based model and there's been this, this thinking that uh, with Azure, you could get upside down if you didn't know what you were doing. So there's this risk of going into Azure and maybe getting a bill that was a lot more than you thought it was going to be. Right. So we, we, try to like, we try to take a lot of the mystery out of Azure in terms of the complexity and the pricing. And we run into different types of folks, right? We have some who have never touched Azure and some who have never even really worked in the cloud yet, surprisingly. And then we talk to folks that have had some experience with Azure and they're just looking for a piece of what we do to help them with certain things. For instance, they're already well-versed in deploying servers and storage in Azure, but they want to start doing desktops. And so we help them with um, spelling out that architecture and that provisioning and then the management of it on an ongoing basis that makes it a lot easier than having to develop that expertise in-house. So do folks use their own Azure account or do they buy Azure through you? You like reselling? Uh, they, they use their own Azure account. So that, that's the really cool thing about this for Microsoft partners, MSPs that are Microsoft partners. They get to participate in all the um, Azure consumption and the associated margins that go with that and whatever backend money. So um, our MSP partners bring Azure to the table. They bring Office 365. They bring desktop licensing, RDS licensing, if that's part of the solution. And they use Nerdio for Azure as really this enabling piece of software to hold everything together. Um, so but that's the only piece they get from us. That's interesting. So they take full advantage of being a Microsoft partner, a cloud partner, or, or in whatever Microsoft's calling it today. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so they bring their own Azure um, and you guys help them out. Yep. So it, it strikes me that I can go into my Azure and I can say, oh, I'm going to spin up a uh, a server and it's got SQL and it's got these components and this much memory and it will tell me what I'm going to pay for month. Uh, is that inaccurate or is it just that people don't know how to use that tool for estimating what their costs are going to be? Um, I think it's more people don't know how to use the tool and a lot of times they don't know how to exactly configure what they're going to need. So, you know, what we do is we have uh, something called our cost calculator. And so it asks you to put in very specific inputs in terms of what you're going to need in terms of users. Um, we usually hook into Office 365, so we'll, we'll have that account. And then we let you put in your parameters, your discount levels, um, different ser server specs. We'll give you suggestions, but we kind of walk you through everything that you would need for a particular deployment. And then at the end of it, it's going to show you as the MSP partner, what is your Azure consumption going to look like from a cost basis? What is Office 365 cost based on your discount level? And you get a, a very nice picture. We actually put a graph out too that shows you everything that you're going to pay. And then from there, you can figure out what you want to charge your customer. So right. we, get, we get more precise than you might be able to do with uh, the, the tool that's inherent in, or native to Azure. Well, I know lots of people who have uh, 
created a sample machine, cranked it up, and then forgot about it. And then, like, you, yes. you, you get this bill, like, wait a minute, $80 for what? I, I didn't do anything. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the other piece of what we do. So, you know, we talk about the different components of what Nerdy for Azure does. There's, there's pricing and packaging, which is more of, you know, the front end selling the deal, getting it done. Then there's a provisioning end where we help MSPs provision the uh, kind of a standardized architecture built on our best practices of doing this for 10 plus years. Um, and then there's ongoing management. And then the last piece is what you just inadvertently hit on, which is the optimization. So, we actually put guardrails in there so that you have the ability to turn workloads on and off when they're not being used and you don't run up those uh, horrendous bills and, and have a bad experience like some people. I, I like that term guardrails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of our uh, sales engineers favorites. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've ever driven from Sacramento up to South Lake Tahoe, but there's a, a road around the side of the uh, mountain there that was built okay. for Model T's. And uh, <laughs> when I think of guardrails, I think that's that's the kind of guardrail. Yeah. I, you know. So yeah, same concept. We're trying to protect people from something bad happening. Right. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about the turning machines on and off because I've had a few projects of my own mm -hmm. where you know the huge big savings was I only turn this machine on when I need it. Is that pretty common, or I mean, because I think most people are putting up servers that just kind of have to be on. Right. Um, so we, our roots, you know, I didn't talk about this too much, but we've been doing desktops in the cloud for a long time. So we have a lot of expertise built around desktops. And so I think you're right that servers tend to stay on um, more, more than maybe a desktop does. But if you think about how people use desktops in an organization, it's pretty much a, a business day type thing. And if they are using them off hours, um, not everyone is. So you have the ability to not necessarily turn things off, but you can scale things down quite a bit, especially off hours. So if you look at a work week being 24 by 7 and then scale it down to five days and then take the work way, work day down to 10 hours and then all those off hours, you know, you can, you can run things at 10%. You can see that on an aggregate basis, you really can drive down your consumption in Azure. So that's what, that's what we do with our software is we let you set some scheduling and then we even have some, um, some IP built around looking at uh, projected capacity and turning things on and off as well. So, you know, we really try to put some things in place, again, some guardrails in place to help you not get upside down. And it, and it, it you know, not only do you not get upside down, but you can have a very predictable cost to go to market and that makes it easier to sell Azure. Right. And for most of the folks that you work with, how many uh, machines do they have deployed? Like how many desktops, how many servers on average? For an average deployment per customer? Yeah. Well, I mean, an average MSP. So let's say they've got, you know, do they put up 10 customers and all of their equipment? Yeah. I mean, we're still, we're still pretty early in the game. So, you know, we're starting to see um, a lot of our partners do their second, third and fourth deal. So um, it's, it's, it's building. Um, I don't think we have anyone who has 10 different customers deployed, but we, we're certainly getting close to that now with some of our partners. Um, the thing that's been interesting is the, the average size of, of some of these deployments have been bigger than we thought they were gonna be. So there's been a couple deployments um, in the hundreds of users. Um, and I would say the, you know, the average is probably north of 25 users. So we're getting some significant workloads in Azure, which is, you know, driving that consumption that Microsoft likes to see. And of course, 
can be uh, monetized by the MSP as well. And is there an economy of scale? Like it's cheaper uh, per user when you get 25 than it is when you get 10? Uh, in terms of our, our software, there's, we don't have any price breaks there typically. Um, but the way Azure is set up and the way we architect things, yeah, yeah, as you scale, you start seeing the per user cost drop quite a bit. I mean, there's, you know, if you, if you set someone up, if it's, if it's one user or two users, there's a certain amount of base architecture that goes into our standard deployment. So we're, we have this set architecture that goes with anyone we deploy. And when you add the first user, it's, you know, it's X. And when you add the second user, it's X plus a little bit more. And then as you scale, it becomes less and less to add incremental users. So yeah, definitely some scale as you get bigger. Right. And um, so when you talk about turning things on and off, do you actually shut down the desktops at night? Shut down the virtual desktops? Um, we, what we do is we take the, the, the uh, remote desktop server that is servicing those, say, 10 desktops, and we'll shut down, uh, we won't shut it down, we'll greatly reduce the capacity on it. I mean, we could, if you wanted to, you could shut it down. Typically though, we'll just, we'll just reduce it to a very low level in case someone needs to get in and, and do something in the middle of the night. And, and by that you mean reduce the amount of available RAM and yeah, storage? Yeah, so the, resource, the resources that are needed, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because when you mentioned like larger deployments, uh, you know, I, traveled around and lectured on the, you know, cloud services and literally 12, 15 years ago, I thought in terms of, oh, I'll put my smallest clients on this because it's a manageable small thing. But yep. now I look at it and say, what do I care how many clients there are? <laughs> you know, if I put a hundred desktops up, Microsoft's not going to know the difference. They literally, I will not be a blip on their radar, you know, if right. I deploy that. So, you know, times have changed definitely. Yes. And our software is really cool because you actually, as a partner, you, um, each customer is their own instance. So you can go in single pane of glass, view all your customers, and then drill into each one as need be. So they're on their own separate instance within Azure, their own Azure subscription. Um, so it's a very, you know, very good way to deploy your customers and then scale your business as you move along. So, uh, where exactly does Nerdio live? Are you uh, cloud-based and I just access yes. it through a browser? So I don't install yes. yeah. my site. You don't, have to, you don't have to install anything. It's completely SaaS. Yep. Okay. And so, so how's the connection to Azure? Like I got an account at Azure and I got an account at Nerdio. Like mm -hmm. what exactly happens there? Um, that's just right now uh, public internet. So whatever your – I mean, like, uh, well, that, what, that's what we're using, yeah. What does your software, like, how, how does it do what it does? Like, do you, oh. you make changes to my account? I give you permissions. You're, a, you're an admin on my account. Yeah, good, good. I, I see where you're going with this now. So when you, um, when you fire up a new customer, you're going to go into Nerdio for Azure. You are going to link to the Azure subscription that you want to uh, provision in. You're going to link to the Office 365 account that you're going to provision from. And that could be an existing account. And then Nerdio for Azure is going to is going to talk to those pieces of software and coordinate between them. So, you know, it actually becomes really an orchestration software to make everything happen within Azure and within Office 365. You know, I, I really like to talk it as it being like uh, the glue that holds everything together, that holds the solution together. All right. Very cool. And when folks engage with you, uh, you mentioned the channel. So yes. Uh, 
I don't know how this would go direct, at least the way you've described it. It, it almost seems like it has to be a channel uh, offering. Yeah, I mean, in theory, if you were a, a big organization and you had folks internally that were running Azure and they wanted to use Nerdio for Azure to, to do deployments within their instance of Azure, you know, I suppose you could, you could buy direct from us and you wouldn't need an MSP to, to help you with everything. Now, the reality is these big organizations have the expertise on staff that Nerdio for Azure probably isn't, you know, the right fit for them. Um, so we, we've committed ourselves to being a channel company and we use MSPs to deliver these Azure-based solutions to their customers and NFA, Nerdio for Azure is really just that enabling software. So, you know, for the MSP, they don't have to learn all the ins and outs of Azure. Um, you can actually, uh, one thing I didn't mention is when you deploy a new customer, our software does that in about two hours. So you type in the customer name, you link to Azure, you link to Office 365, you press a button, and then we behind the scenes go through and provisioning a complete IT environment in, in like two hours. So within two hours, you're ready to go, ready to get that customer going. And so that MSP, if you, if you think about what that would take in a traditional environment, you could be talking days, weeks, maybe months, uh, maybe throwing a higher level engineer or two at it. You know, this is so simple that someone like myself, who's not really a technical person, could go in there and deploy a customer. Um, I wouldn't advise myself doing that, but uh, <laughs> I, I, in theory, I could go do that. So, you know, it really takes a lot of the risk out of it when you build that Azure practice, because um, I think we all know that hiring, recruiting engineers and technical resources, training them, and then most importantly, uh, retaining them has become increasingly difficult over the last, you know, say one or two years. So, you know, this is a good way to, to be able to throw lower level resources at what you're doing or your higher level resources can do things more efficiently and then you can put them in front of customers or doing more higher value work. So it's really a, a really cool tool for a lot of our partners. They're yeah, really you know, it's interesting. I, I think talking to MSPs around the world that, I wouldn't say that they're afraid of Azure, but they don't have experience in it. And so they're concerned that um, it's going to be dramatically different than what they've done in the past. And so yeah. they just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> Do you think it's inevitable that they will all go to Azure or some alternative? I think so. I mean, to me, you know, I've been in and around the cloud for, 15-ish years, right? And I don't think I've ever seen the, the, the kind of velocity I've seen in the last year or two with people moving to the public cloud. Like there was a time in the not too distant past where people were like, I'm never going into the public cloud. It's not secure. It's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. And now it's, it's almost becoming hard to find people that want to be in a private cloud anymore. Um, everyone has really embraced the, the public cloud. And I think Office 365 is really um, one of the vehicles that, that enabled that, right? So once everyone got comfortable with their email, which for a lot of organizations is very, very precious information, as soon as they got comfortable with that, making this leap now to everything else in the public cloud isn't so much of a leap. So I do think it's inevitable that people are going to move to the public cloud. Um, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a when it's not an if it's a when, right. Um, so I, th I think you hit upon something, which is you have Azure, which is really a solution looking for problems. And so what we try to do with our partners is help them 
really visualize what kind of workloads and what kind of solutions they can produce that will resonate with their customers and, you know, let them make that shift into the public cloud. Right. Because at the end of the day, the customers aren't really so much, you know, Azure, AWS, Google, IBM, whatever the cloud is and whatever it's doing, it's, it's not so much about that. It's really about the business outcome. So am I saving you money? Am I more secure? Am I more flexible? Can I scale my company with what you've built? Those are the kind of questions that we try to help our partners address. And then once, once they know what they're trying to do, the, the platform and our solution is really good at helping them provision, manage, optimize those solutions. Right. Well, I do think it is inevitable. Um, as we're recording this, there was an article in the New York Times this morning about how Amazon, Apple, and Microsoft are like taking turns being the largest company in the world. Yeah. You know, it's right, like right. literally hour by hour sometimes <laughs> they, they yeah. over each other. And that's all about the cloud. That, that is, there's none of that that has to do with uh, you know, how many books you bought on Amazon, <laughs> you know? right? It's all cloud services. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy when you hear people saying things like, I want to get in the cloud. Why do you want to get in the cloud? I don't know. I just know I got to get in the cloud. You know, those right. are some of the discussions you're hearing with CEOs. Um, for me, I knew that, that the cloud was here when my, when my dad asked, what's this cloud thing I'm hearing about? Cause <laughs> he was, you know, he was not a computer guy, but he was, he was, an investor and he was hearing about the cloud and this was, you know, a few years ago, but that really to me was like the little light bulb went off and go, okay, this is going to be real because when it gets to my dad and he's, you know, he's embracing it and wants to know what it is, then I got to pay attention to it. <laughs> it's exactly. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you started by saying, you know, uh, been involved with the cloud before we called it the cloud, but mm -hmm. I think all of us have been involved. I mean, we've had hosted services, hosted servers, hosted exchange, yeah. You know, uh, even, uh, you know, remote desktop, we've had terminal services right. forever. We just put a new name around it. And, and <laughs> uh, so I don't think there's any MSP that hasn't sold some kind of hosted exchange mailbox, um, mm -hmm. hosted storage, hosted backup. I mean, at some level, we are comfortable with it. We just haven't accepted that we're comfortable with it you know <laughs> yes. uh, and so to turn and say look you know because because my argument for the last year and a half has been if you are selling servers and installing them in people's offices you are operating with a business model that no longer exists like mm -hmm. literally the future's already here and you just need to step into the current it's not even the future it's here it's right now yes so Agreed. yeah it's uh it's almost like the, 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 we're getting the last few stragglers on board. So, yes. Um, next question. So I'm a big fan of bundling disparate services. So if I've got Amazon uh, over here for some storage and I got Azure over here and I want my phones at, you know, SureWeb or Intermedia, mm -hmm. you know, how do we make all that work together? Is it any different or is it just, you're making it easier to manage the Azure piece. Right now, we're really just managing the Azure piece. So, but I think you raised a really interesting point. Um, and so, you know, one of the things in my role is that I'm charged with thinking about an ecosystem of Nerdio for Azure and what different things are there out there that we can partner with. So, you know, we have partnered with SureWeb. And so, SureWeb partners are able or will soon be able to integrate Nerdio for Azure so that, you know, they can provision more easily, things like that. So um, I think as time goes on, 
uh, as we think about our roadmap, we'll start thinking about integrating into other workloads and other partnerships and see what else we can do. Because I think if you are an MSP, you know, the less screens you have to go in, the better, right? So the more you can do from that single pane of glass, the better. So I think that's um, where, where we're looking and where the industry is focused. And, you know, we'll see how fast we can get there. Right. Probably not fast enough, right? <laughs> well, uh, once you get there, there won't be there anymore because everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, that's a different story. Um, so, you know, the other thing is, uh, obviously, you create a layer in, in this relationship uh, is that a, an expensive layer or is the, you know, obviously you're going to say, no, it's very reasonably priced, but you know, what, what's what, really reasonably priced. <laughs> do you help me save money with Azure? Does, does that come into play in terms of your pricing? It, it, we do. So when we optimize uh, the workloads in Azure, so we do that, we, we call it intelligent auto scaling. So the ability to, to turn things on or off or reduce things greatly can really save on the Azure consumption. So we do save you money. There's also something in Azure called reserved instances. So, you know, this is a way that MSPs can prepay uh, for Azure consumption at pretty big discounts. And so part of what our cost estimator does is help you model that out and what it looks like. So um, that's another way that we can help you save money. Now, the, the caveat on that is that you have to pay for the Azure upfront. So, you know, the, the, you're collecting money over time, but you have to pay for it upfront. So we're actually working on a partnership where we'll, we'll allow our MSPs to be able to finance some of those reserved instances and turn that into an OPEX and line up with the income stream coming in. So, um, so we help you save money that way. And then when you look at uh, operationally, we really think we're helping our MSPs save a lot of money because again, you can throw lower level resources and no disrespect meant on that, uh, but lower level resources and do things more quickly. So, you know, you're able to do a lot more with less and that really translates into some good savings on the, on the your cost of goods or your, you know, your personnel infrastructure, labor cost structure. Um, and then next question is <clears throat> in terms of uh, where we put our Azure resources. Obviously I can choose East versus West, but yes, you help folks deploy who need to keep their data inside Canada or uh, I don't know if you work in other countries, but we do. So we, we can, allow you to deploy resources wherever there's an Azure data center. So when you go into our software, the MSP has the ability to actually pick their on-ramp region where they want the data to live. And it becomes really important for, as you said, like a country like Canada that wants to keep things within its borders. Um, other countries aren't, aren't as picky about it, um, but you can, you can put it wherever you want. And then it becomes really interesting as you talk about companies that are distributed around the globe you can put um, different workloads closer to where the people are. So for example, if you had a US-based company but had some employees in the UK and some in Australia, you could have those employees access their data um, in, those, in those regions rather than trying to get everything back to the US and experience latency or um, uh, sovereign, so, uh, sovereign issues or you know, however, however you want to define it. So there's really a lot of flexibility built in to deploy your workloads wherever you want. Which yeah. is another huge advantage to what we're doing. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because everywhere I travel, people ask, "Well, which backups work in my country?" And you know, da 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 da. It's it's uh, it's an important thing, and we can't ignore the fact that lots and lots of countries have these rules and regulations. So, right, that's very cool. So, how do folks get a hold of you uh, and Nerdio? 
the best thing to do is go to www.getnerdio.com and you will see you know, everything about Nerdio there. Um, we have all kinds of content there, um, white papers, case studies to learn more about us, a lot of good videos to give you an overview of what we're doing. Um, if you want to reach out to me directly, I'm, I'm happy to set you up with one of our partner sales executives. We have um, four of these channel people spread around the country. Um, I handle international. So my email is plangas, P-L-A-N-G-A-S, at getnerdio.com. Very cool. Well, I'll put that in the video, but I won't put it down okay. below. <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> so the robots will scrape your video and send it more spam. So uh, very cool. All right. Well, uh, we're almost out of time, but what's the biggest challenge that, that um, MSPs have in, you know, getting connected and making money with Azure? I think the biggest thing is, I think you hit upon it earlier, and it's just getting started. It is you know, the perceptions out there around Azure, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, it, the perception has been that it's expensive and complex. And uh, it's just a matter of getting past that. And again, what we've tried to do is help MSPs really make that leap. And our most successful partners, they usually come to us because they have a deal. They have someone that they want to deploy in Azure and they're not sure how to do it. And so, you know, we help with that first one. We will actually put an engineer with you and we'll kind of side by side do the first deal to make sure it goes really smoothly and you get a feel for how our software works and how it can help you deploy that workload in Azure and, and not only make it be a successful deployment, but make sure that you're happy and your customer's really happy. So I, I think it's like just getting over the mental block and trying it. And usually, you know, you start with something small at a lower risk client. And once you do that first one, it just then tends to, to be a snowball, just, you know, keep going with it. And do you recommend that folks uh, bring you their first project or do you think it's better if they say, hey, you know, I get some Azure resources because I'm a Microsoft partner. Let me put some of my own stuff on there and, and figure it out that way. That's, you know, we, we've seen it go both ways and I think either way is a good vehicle. I mean, it's, it's not like Azure is some unproven, uh, you know, two guys in a garage kind of thing, right? This is like, one of the biggest companies, maybe today, maybe as we speak, it is the biggest company in the right. world. Could be. It was 20 minutes ago it wasn't, but now it is. <laughs> but it's, it is a, a rock-solid, reliable infrastructure. And so if you take a tool like Nerdio or if you take your own scripts you developed, whatever it is, if, if you set it up right in Azure, it's going to work. So, you know, put that small client in to try it out. Do it yourself. Eat your own dog food if you want to go that route. Both are good vehicles to do it. Um, but I think it is, you know, making that first step and trying it out and seeing what it can actually do for you and transform your business. All righty. Well, Pete Langus, thanks for being with us today uh, from you, Nerdio. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you, sir. Sounds great. See you soon. Thanks. 